Hello, and welcome to the Evolving Bodies podcast. This is Lily Jaffe, and thank you for tuning in. So this particular podcast, I am actually kind of speaking to um, clients and my Evolving Body 90 Day Challenge program people, but this is great information for everyone. We are all kind of talking a lot about intermittent fasting lately, and I wanted to do a podcast on it so that I can help kind of clarify why we're doing it, why it's good for you, how to do it, um, all the myths about it, etc., etc. As always, firstly, I want to tell you what's been going on with me so that you have a better idea of where I'm coming from, um, you know, on nutrition and with, with health, with the podcast. So I was recently diagnosed with endometriosis. And which is, you know, definitely not the end of the world. Could be so much worse. Thankfully, I already had my beautiful children, so um, it really shouldn't, you know, affect me too much if I can keep the symptoms under control. But the reason that the what had caused me to go to the doctor to get checked out is that I am always super regular. We're going to talk a little bit about poop. Sorry. But I'm always super regular and all of a sudden it got really, really difficult to go to the bathroom and I was having a lot of problems and um, I was really confused because I was always sticking to a good diet and I was trying to do everything I could naturally to help it and nothing was really working. Um, So it started to cause me a lot of internal um, digestive issues and colon problems, etc. So I went to get checked out um, because my period had changed completely. It's always really regular, but the consistency of it, the pain, the um, the PMS, it all just got so incredibly bad. So I went to the doctor and that's what I was diagnosed with. Now some people, they have difficulty not going to the bathroom. In other words, they have more like a lot of diarrhea. Um, I am the opposite. So Being diagnosed with that, I'm going to, of course, do all of my research into the right herbs, maybe supplements, foods, juices, teas, anything that I can do, um, anything that I can do to help my symptoms to keep them at bay like I do with everything else because, as always, I believe that our health is our responsibility. Your doctor is there as a guide to help you so that you know what you're facing and you know what you're treating and you know how to proceed. Um, but our responsibility is 100% finding out the right nutrition to help whatever issue we have, the right supplementation, the right herbs, the right balance of lifestyle, meditation, exercise, everything. That is our responsibility. And doing that, finding um, how to, finding out how to um, how to eat properly for you specifically and your health specifically, and finding out the right supplements and the right workouts, etc., etc. When that is all a hundred percent and things are still not great, then obviously, you know, medicine is wonderful and medicine needs to be taken. But if you're doing everything properly for yourself, if you're being responsible and taking care of your own health and doing your own research, talking to people about nutrition, etc then the likelihood is that if it is not a serious health condition, you may be able to stave off medication and all the side effects that come with medication. Because if you think about it, when you go to the doctor and you're diagnosed with something that is not life-threatening, 
that is not an emergency to start taking medication if you can change your lifestyle in order to ease your symptoms, then obviously you're not going to need um, as much medication or possibly not have to go on it at all. But medication is given for um, non-threatening, non-serious diagnoses and then people go about leading their regular lifestyle as they've always led it even though whatever they're doing could be causing them to have tremendous symptoms with whatever it is that they're dealing with health-wise. So instead of changing their diet to alleviate some of the symptoms of the problem, or in some cases even cure the problem, um, you know, they, they go on medication, and but yet don't change anything. So that becomes a cycle that really never heals you. It just puts a Band-Aid on your symptoms. So given the diagnosis and given the fact that going to the bathroom and my PMS has absolutely been dreadful, I am completely vegan now. I'm going to give that a try because I've always been a vegetarian my entire life, so that's not a very difficult step for me, but I do absolutely love cheese. I love cheese. So I do eat that. Um, I eat cheese every Friday night on my pizza. I think I've talked to you guys about that a lot. And sometimes I like cottage cheese in my salad and as a snack, you know, if I'm if I'm not if I'm giving myself a treat, then one of my favorite things is cheese and crackers, cheese on apple, anything cheese. Um, I also love like organic Greek yogurt. So I was incorporating those things in my diet every now and then. Not all the time, but every now and then for sure. So being that going to the bathroom is a really big problem, I'm going to stay away from all dairy because it's very binding. It's very... Um, mucus building, and I obviously need to stay away from anything that's going to be difficult for me to digest or cause inflammation, and dairy can cause inflammation, and when the internal organs are inflamed, specifically um, my colon and um, uh, digestive tract, then it can become very painful. So that's that. Now on to intermittent fasting. Why? What is it? What is intermittent fasting? So there are many, many ways that you can fast. There are uh, fasts that people do for 21 straight days where all they're drinking is water. There are fasts that people do one day a week where all they drink is water and no food. There are fasts when people do it for a week. And then there is the easiest fast, I believe, for an everyday person to upgrade their health. And that is what I call the 16-8. I don't actually think I'm the one that called it that, but it's called the 16-8, which means that you're eating within an eight-hour period every 24 hours, and for 16 hours, you are not eating. Now, why should you do this, and what's the best way to do the 16-8? The best way to do the 16-8 is... Let's say your last meal of the evening is 7.30 at night. So what you want to try and do is not eat again for 16 hours. But in the very beginning of you adopting an intermittent fasting program, that might be very difficult for you if you are somebody that is used to waking up and eating. So my suggestion is that you push it like a half an hour or an hour to start with. So you start with about 13 hours of no eating and you're eating within a, I guess that would be like a 10 hour period. When you get really comfortable with that, then you can push it another half an hour or another hour and so on and so forth. For some people, it could take a month before they reach that 16 hour spot and um, 
for it to be a comfortable transition. This should be something that is a comfortable transition. I do recommend doing it that way. If you're somebody that is used to eating either all throughout the day, late at night, or someone that's used to eating first thing in the morning. So start with your, your basic 12 hours, and then maybe try to push it to 13 hours, um, and then try to push it to 14 and 15, and then hopefully you get to 16, which is the sweet spot for women. That is the sweet spot where your body now becomes a calorie-burning machine. So it is very good. It will become very good at burning fat for fuel. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I can't figure out how to turn the volume off of my text messaging on the computer, but I'll work on it. Anyway, at 16 hours is when you start to receive all the benefits from intermittent fasting. Some of the benefits include... Um, uh, very fast fat burning, uh, calorie um, efficiency, calorie burning efficiency, no more foggy mind, you have a clear mind, you have more energy, uh, no IBS issues, digestive issues, cramping, bloating, all that kind of stuff, and your weight will start to um, drop if you need to drop weight. It will become a side effect. You will drop the weight, you'll get down to a more comfortable weight for yourself, and you're going to find it much easier to maintain that way. You'll find your weight much easier to maintain. And what I love about intermittent fasting is that it doesn't require you to really change everything that you're doing. And it doesn't really require you to eat specific types of food like a diet does. You can still eat from all the food groups. You're just going to limit it to about an eight-hour window. Now, there are people that will tell you that you don't have to change the food that you're eating. You just need to change the hours that you're eating it. If you are eating a basically unhealthy diet, which I don't think most of the people in these groups of mine, uh, clients and program clients, are, but if you are someone that is eating an unhealthy American processed food diet, then of course you need to change the foods that you're eating within that eight-hour window. Otherwise, will you get benefits from fasting? You'll get some benefits, sure, but they're not going to be long-term benefits, and because you're not giving your body the right nutrition in order for it to fast for 16 hours, you may find it very di difficult and you definitely won't receive all the benefits. So obviously we wanna stick to a diet of fresh vegetables as much as possible, fresh fruits as many as possible, and fresh grains, and whatever your choices of protein are. So whether it be fish or chicken or other meat or vegan or vegetarian options, that is what you really want to stick to. So we're not reinventing the wheel in terms of what food we should eat. That still remains the same. We're just changing when we eat it, okay? So let's say you're going to start with a 12-hour 12 hour fast. That means if you finish your dinner at 7.30, you shouldn't be eating anything until 7.30 in the morning. And then when you get comfortable for that, about a week later, or maybe even a few days if you're motivated, you can push that an hour when you're comfortable. So now you have 13 hours of no food. And then when you get comfortable with that, you can push it to 14 hours, and so on and so on. I personally... I probably finish putting the last pieces of food in my mouth around 9 to 9.30 at night because of the time that I get home at night. I never have a big dinner. I usually eat dinner around 5-ish. Sometimes that's in my car. Sometimes that's at work. And if I'm lucky, it's at home. But because I get home, I go back to work in the evenings and get home late. 
I would say it's about 9.30 to be safe. I usually don't even get hungry until about 1.30 or 2 the following day. I can definitely deal with a lot of drinking very clean water until about then. So mine is about 16, maybe 16 and a half hours on some particular days. My first meal is usually a juice that I make myself. I usually make myself whatever vegetables or fruits I have, whatever combination I feel like putting together. I usually start with a juice because I believe that it, the first nutrition I have should be a baseline of all of the vitamins and antioxidants and minerals um, so that it gets into my bloodstream really fast and by a juice it certainly does that. So for example, let's say I'm making a green juice. Yesterday I made one and it had um, Asian spinach in it. It came in my organic uh, vegetable delivery box, which I've talked about on other podcasts. And if you want more information, just let me know. Uh, Asian spinach, um, bok choy, dandelion, a green apple, a lime, uh, I believe a pear, I think. And that was my juice yesterday. That's the first thing that I put into my body yesterday. Within about 15 minutes, I try to leave it 20 minutes after I juice to eat food, but within about 15 minutes, I felt so great. I knew that my, I knew that my body had soaked up all of the vitamins and minerals and antioxidants from that juice. And then about 20 minutes later, I usually make myself a really big uh, green salad. And for example, today, now that I'm not using any dairy sources for protein, today it was arugula, spinach, uh, romaine lettuce, and yellow and red peppers, purple cabbage, half an avocado, some chickpeas, sunflower seeds, and I used some quinoa in my salad. And then the dressing I used was the Bragg's vinaigrette dressing. So that was my first meal of the day after I juiced. And then typically what I'll do is if I'm home, I will try to make one more juice before I go back to work. And then usually on the way home from work, I'm eating um, a smaller bowl of whatever fruits I have in the house. So that usually consists of a mix of berries and um, maybe some almonds or walnuts or something that I have like that. Or sometimes it will be some hummus lettuce wraps that I make with some vegetables or it could be hummus and peppers cut up. So I just kind of find things that I have in the house that are healthy and I make a smaller meal out of it and I usually eat that on the way home from work. The reason I do this is so that when I get in the door I'm not you know, heading straight for my pantry and putting all of the chips and things in my mouth because I'm so starving and then try to make something to eat. Um, so normally when I get home, if I if I have what I really love in my freezer, which is the pitaya fruit, the dragon fruit, frozen, and if I have some like raspberries, frozen raspberries, I like to make a little protein shake with coconut milk, uh, vanilla coconut milk I usually use, or coconut water. And usually I'll be picking out of the fridge, to be honest. So maybe I'm taking a flaxseed cracker, putting some avocado on it. Maybe I'm dipping some vegetables into hummus. I don't know, but somewhere around nine, all of that kind of stops. And I might give myself, I might treat myself to an herbal tea and maybe one small piece of dark chocolate, and then I'm done eating. So I'm kind of grazing within that eight-hour period. I have one big meal, which is my salad. I have a couple or three juices. I have a bowl of fruit and nuts. And then either I have like a shake full of good things. And in my shake, sometimes I put like the maca powder, the camu powder, chia seeds. I use a shake 
to get all of the herbs and um, healthy powders in at one time. So it's packed full of nutrition. And sometimes I'll use like spinach as a base and then some fruit or whatever I have. So that's my, my general eating. And I do that within an eight hour period. Things that I noticed very quickly from intermittent fasting was I was waking up with this wonderful, amazing, fresh feeling in my stomach of no overloading of food, no bloating from the night before. Um, it feels flat. I didn't have any gas or bloating and it felt much better. My digestion was so much better doing this. I found that when I did eat, I wasn't cramping or bloating right away. And also what I noticed very quickly was no more brain fog. Um, when you're eating around the clock, even if you're eating semi-healthy foods, you tend to build up some ammonia in your brain, especially overnight if your body is not given it a chance to completely rest and regenerate with no food in it. So the foggy mind started to lift completely. I felt more alert. I had more energy. And honestly, my weight has never really been easier to control. Even when I'm not eating healthy foods, let's say it's a Saturday, I'm at a party, we're going out for dinner, and I'm eating more of the foods that I want, not more of the foods that I usually eat. Um, even then, I mean, I find it a lot easier to be able to maintain a decent weight, um, a good weight, without having to go on these diets every now and then, or, you know, do without eating, or whatever it might be to pull yourself back from the extra five or ten pounds that you've gained. So those are the things that I really noticed. Now, why does intermittent fasting work? What are the benefits? Why does it work? The way intermittent fasting works, the reason that intermittent fasting can give you so many great health benefits is because you're going for a very large period of time without stuffing your body full of food. So your systems have a opportunity to completely rest. And just like we need our beauty sleep or our skin suffers, our weight suffers, our mood suffers, if you don't give all of your internal organs, specifically your digestive system, a chance to completely rest without having to do so much work by chomping up the food that you're giving it all the time, oh, sorry, um, without giving you so much food um, all of the time, etc., then your body has an opportunity to really regenerate all of your organs. Your liver can regenerate, your digestive system can regenerate all of its cells that it needs, all the healthy bacteria in it. Your metabolism will be so much faster because it's clean. And then when you start introducing foods into it, you've introduced foods into a body that has had good, significant rest and has been given the opportunity to really regenerate. So now you're starting the day with a body that is completely clean, regenerated, detoxed. By the way, intermittent fasting, you don't really ever have to detox again because it is a daily detox. You're letting your body rest for 16 hours. That is a detox. During the 16 hours, I do want to stress that it is incredibly important that you hydrate yourself constantly with very high quality water. I use the Kagan water, which is a filtered system water I'll talk about another time. Um, I don't always have it with me, so sometimes I just use water. Whatever water you, you drink, make sure it's a high-quality filtered water and drink plenty of it while you're fasting. You do not want to become dehydrated when you're fasting. So the reason it works is because it is letting every organ in your body rest completely so it can regenerate. So when you start introducing food into it, 
then your metabolism has had all this chance to rest. So as soon as food comes in, it's like, you know what? I know what to do with all this food. I'm going to start burning it right away for energy. I'm going to put all of the different nutrients that she gave me from that food. I'm going to give it to the right organs. Your liver is passing everything on to all the right organs. So all of your organs are getting nourished now after a wonderful time of resting. And everything just starts to work so much better. It is incredibly disease-preventing. I'm not going to say it's disease curing because I'm not allowed to say that, but the truth is there is plenty of scientific evidence, plenty of cases where strict fasting regimens have actually reversed some diseases, specifically cancer diseases. Um, that type of fasting, once you already have a disease, is much um, more intense than a daily fast. You'd have to do about a month. It's got to be monitored by people that absolutely know what they're doing with fasting, fasting uh, doctors that practice fasting, etc., etc. That's a little bit different. And then once you've done all of that and you've healed your body, then you would get into a regimen of daily fasting like the 16-18 as a lifestyle. So it makes sense, right, that it would work. It absolutely makes sense. I think that it makes sense that fasting for 16 hours and eating within an eight-hour window makes complete sense. It's giving your body and all of its organs and your um, metabolism all the right rest that it needs. It's giving it all the right beauty rest, right? So that's why I love intermittent fasting, and that's basically in a very simple form why it works very well. Now, I'm going to read off some information that I... Um, printed out for a lot of clients of mine and for the women on my program. What is intermittent fasting and why would you do it? Intermittent fasting is not a diet. It's a pattern of eating. It's a way of scheduling your meals so that you get the most out of them. Intermittent fasting doesn't change what you eat. It changes when you eat. When you eat could be as important as what you eat. Mounting evidence confirms that regular fasting enhances health as well as body, as well as superfoods or medicines. This makes sense because giving our bodies a break from food processing allows them time to rejuvenate as we were just talking about. Let me just add a little uh, thing into this. Um, also when you're fasting and you work out on a fasted stomach, if you're somebody that works out first thing in the morning, um, then your body has got to use your stored fat for energy. When you eat before you work out, your body has to do a lot of work just to burn the calories during your workout that you've just eaten. So a lot of times when you're done with that, um, when you're done with your workout, basically all you've done is burn the calories that you just ate. It didn't even get a chance yet to tap into your fat storage. So working out on an empty stomach from fasting can really help you make the most out of your workouts and really do a good job fat burning. Okay, so um, instead of slashing calories or drastically altering food choices and portions, the 16-8 diet cuts back on the time frame during which you eat each day. Now, I'm speaking to you all off of that paper. Most people that are listening to this already have a fairly good idea of what a balanced, healthy diet is. And most of you are always striving to um, feed yourselves well. So when I say that it doesn't really matter what you eat within that eight hours, I'm talking to a highly leveled, educated group of people that already know all the basics of nutrition. Okay, so we already know within that eight hours you want to make sure that you're choosing foods with as much nutrition as you possibly can. Okay, rather than spreading out your meals between when you wake up 
and a couple hours before you go to sleep, the method requires limiting consumption to an eight-hour window and fasting for 16. How does this help metabolism? The reason why many think, excuse my voice today, the reason why many think intermittent fasting improves metabolism is due to less loss of lean body mass and greater fat burning. At the same time, short fasting periods cause the body to tap into fat stores and burn a greater percentage of fat mass for energy instead of burning your muscle or just burning the calories that you just ate. Fasting may help people lose weight. It does help people lose weight. But new research suggests going without food may also boost human metabolic activity, generate antioxidants, and help reverse some effects of aging. In fasting individuals, these metabolites increase in level, suggesting a mechanism by which fasting could help increase longevity. Intermittent fasting benefits. Faster metabolism. Your metabolism will begin to run much faster and more efficiently when your digestion is not busy trying to burn calories around the clock. Your liver will work much better because, again, it is able to have a long enough period of time to rest and rejuvenate rather than constantly trying to undo damage from constant eating and poor nutrition choices. One of the biggest benefits has been a clear mind, no more foggy brain. Because your brain has a chance to repair neurons and with a period of time of not eating, you have less ammonia stores in your brain and that is usually what causes the foggy, confused feeling. Disease prevention. Again, because your body is able to have the time to repair and regenerate, including your immune system, it enables your immune system to strengthen. Weight loss and weight maintenance. Our bodies utilize sugar first for energy, storing the excess as glycogen in the liver and muscles as fat. Intermittent fasting encourages the body to burn up more fat cells for fuel. Authors of a 2016 study in the Journal of Trans- Relational Medicine reported that an intermittent fasting program with an eight-hour eating window, along with resistance training, could decrease fat mass while maintaining lean muscle mass. It stabilizes your blood sugar, leading to less cravings. This is so important. Stabilizing your blood sugar will absolutely lead to less cravings and less overeating. Because you are not spiking your insulin at all hours of the day and night, you will have lower blood sugar levels, in turn helping you with your cravings, hunger, and being satisfied. Your cravings for sugar will go down dramatically. It also raises your own HGH level. HGH is your human growth hormone, and what that does is basically keeps you young, alert, fast, lean. It keeps you young. That is like your anti-aging hormone. As we get older, of course, it slows down in its production. Intermittent fasting is a wonderful way to help um, speed that up and to help generate your own human growth hormone again. So the human growth hormone is integral to many physiological functions, but we produce less of it as we get older. The decrease correlates with symptoms of aging, such as lower energy. However, fasting naturally elevates HDH levels. Scientists at the Leiden University Medical Center observed that levels of the hormone rise significantly within 13 hours of fasting, which means, ladies, less wrinkles, no aging disease, stronger bones, more muscle mass, and leaner bodies. 
If, I'm sorry, uh, intermittent fasting helps retrain the release of ghrelin. Ghrelin is your hunger hormone. Ghrelin is released from the brain, and ghrelin is what makes your stomach growl. That's why it's an easy one to remember. Now, when you are overeating or you're never giving your body a chance to relax, that ghrelin hormone becomes overactive. And what that means is you're constantly hungry and constantly craving sugars and carbohydrates that you shouldn't be eating. So ghrelin also stimulates memory development and spatial learning. Cells in the stomach lining secrete it in accordance with the times we normally eat, prompting a growing desire to consume food. Scientists believe that if we are constantly eating, the release of ghrelin goes unregulated, which means basically you're just continuing to produce it. The 16-8 hours helps establish a regular eating program that normalizes ghrelin secretion. I'm also going to add to that that it will help to normalize all of your hormone balance. What to expect when you first start. Some people experience grogginess or increased irritability when they begin intermittent fasting. Fasting may temporarily spike levels, stress levels, because the same biochemistry behind appetite also regulates mood. Any change in appetite may lead to changes in emotions. FYI, as you're warned, this increased stress may also disrupt regular sleep patterns. All of this is only going to go on for a few days. To counter these unpleasant effects, take up activities that lower stress, like meditation, and distract the mind from eating. During the eight-hour eating window, it is essential to eat enough nutritious whole foods to make you feel satiated but not overstuffed. We've already talked all about that, right? Getting sufficient sleep can help regulate mood as well, and also making sure that you are staying really hydrated as we, discuss, as we discussed before. Now, I don't think I said this in the beginning, but I know all of you are thinking in your heads, well, what about coffee? Um, I drink coffee in the mornings. I drink it even though I'm, I'm supposed to be fasting. I do allow myself coffee, and I do use a lot of non-dairy creamer. And basically the rule for fasting is anything under 50 calories first thing in the morning, only one time, not different things under 50 calories. But let's say you have coffee and you add one teaspoon of organic sugar and a little bit of creamer. You're still probably right around or under that 50 calories and that is okay. But that should be the only thing that you are putting in your mouth other than water until you're starting your eight hour period of eating. So... Um, if you guys have any questions on this and you're in either of my forums, then obviously we can have open discussions anytime you want. Please ask questions. Um, please like and share this podcast because if more people are listening and I'm able to reach more of an audience, I can continue to do this for everybody. So please like and share it to anyone you feel may benefit. And if you have any more questions or you want to know more, you can always reach out to me. My website is www.evolvingbodieswithaz.com. And you can either reach me through that or Facebook under Lily Jaffe Simon, S-I-M-O-N, or Evolving Bodies Professional Page on Facebook. Uh, you may be a member of either one of my groups, either my client group or my special Evolving Bodies 90 Day Program group. And if you are not, you can reach me the other ways or you can find me on Facebook, Instagram under Lily Simon Jaffe, Instagram under Evolving Bodies. 
uh, and my phone number, which is 561-302-7289. You can text me questions there if you want. And I really hope that you found this informative. And I really look forward to talking to you guys again. Coming up tomorrow, I am going to be interviewing one of my favorite women, um, Heather Schwartzman. She is a extremely knowledgeable professional PA, and she runs her own anti-aging practice. She has been somebody that I have worked with for many years, and I would never use anybody else. So I will post up that podcast tomorrow evening or Monday morning when I'm finished editing it, but you won't want to miss that because we're going to get into so much about anti-aging treatments, anti-aging in general, skincare, nutrition, all of it. So I look forward to being able to record that for you, and I will talk to you ladies and gentlemen very soon. Have a great day. That's out for me. Bye-bye.